Welcome to the Helping Hands podcast with me, Gail Louise Turner. On this podcast, I will be chatting to inspirational people and I will be finding out about their life story, their influences and how they give that extra helping hand every day. If you'd like to follow me, please go to my Facebook, which is Gail Louise Turner or on my Instagram, which is Gail GLT. Each episode of the Helping Hands podcast will be having an accompanying Spotify playlist with my guest musical influences. This can be found under Helping Hands podcast playlist on Spotify. Now it's time to sit back and relax and enjoy the show. My guest today is Kelly Ann Davis, who is now an assistant head teacher. She has quite a varied career background including setting up a theatre company and also working in education. I will be discussing with her her career aspirations and how she helps people every day. Good morning Kellyanne, how are you this morning? Good morning, I'm all right thank you. I'm just enjoying a nice um, relaxing half term so it's been lovely. Well thank you so much for participating in uh, series one podcast number 13. 13 is quite a lucky number. I keep um People keep buying scratch cards off me for th- uh, with the number 13, so it must be lucky. So um, I've already introduced you as um, assistant head teacher. Now, the Helping Hands podcast is all about helping people. So I'm talking to you today about how you actually help people. But as we go through the podcast, you have an accompanying podcast um, on the Spotify website, which is actually called, and you can find it under the Gail Louise Turner Helping Hands podcast playlist number 13 with Kelly and Davis. Um, so basically, you chose five songs which depicts your life story. So we're going to talk about them as well. But really, I want to go back to the beginning. So how did you start helping people um, from an early age? What kind of give you the inspiration to help people? Um, well, I think I've, I think I probably always had that in me and didn't really realise um, because I'd always wanted to basically be an actress. That's what I always wanted to do. And I did my A-levels in drama and English and then sort of thought, right, I want to go to drama school. That's my focus. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And didn't get in, couldn't get into drama school. It's very competitive. And I, I could only afford to audition for a couple of places she had to pay. Um, so I went to this organization called Community Service Volunteers and said, okay, I want to spend a year volunteering, you know, just to, to something to do. I re- My main motivation, if I'm absolutely honest, wasn't about helping people at that point. It was about getting away from crew and Nantwich and doing something different I mean you know that was just I just wanted to go I was 18 I wanted to do something else so they interviewed me and what was really interesting is I said to them I want to work with children I think that's where I'd be you know best placed and that what they said is what we'll do is we'll interview you we'll get to know you and then we'll place you where we think you would work best So a few weeks later, I got this phone call saying, we're sending you to Cambridge and you're going to be working with homeless people. And I was like, okay, (laughs) that's not what I thought you would say. I thought they were going to send me to a nursery or, you know, something with kids in a school or something like that. So I thought, right, okay, this is going to be a real challenge. So I ended up moving to Cambridge, age 18, never really been out of crew and Nantwich, to be honest, at that point, apart from holidays. And, um moved to Cambridge, went there all by myself, walked into this homeless hostel, which was a direct access homeless hostel, which if you don't know what that is, what it means is 
as soon as the bed comes available, the next person off the street, you have to admit. So you can get anybody. And we did. <laughs> anybody wow. and anything, really. Um, so there was nine homeless people living there and three staff volunteers who also lived in the hostel. And we lived and worked and helped people to try and get back, uh, well, either back it sort of rehabilitated because a lot there was a lot of drug and alcohol issues or um help with their mental health or actually um some of them just went back on the streets you know some some didn't manage to get anywhere else to live it was just that they needed a little bit of respite off the streets so they'd come to us um and i did that for a year and it was it was fun, fascinating really i met some amazing characters that's so interesting though because obviously you, you did want to help people and you wanted to go um and work with children but you they kind of sent you on a different direction there but it's that's so interesting mm. because you, you obviously got to meet all them people and find out about them life stories now um you you have chosen a spotify uh, playlist and you've actually chosen a song um to discuss this and you've chosen um running up that hill um, which is a fantastic yeah. song why did you choose that by Kate Bush well I think at this period of my life I was listening to a lot of Kate Bush and um I think running up that hill you know this was a massive challenge for me and I think so, a lot of people a lot of my friends at the time said you won't last there more than two weeks <laughs> I think they thought I was quite uh, I don't know you know maybe a little bit like oh I, I can't cope with anything you know that sort of thing and I think I realized doing this that I had quite that's where I decided basically to become a mental health nurse which we'll, we'll come on to next but um from working with homeless people for a year and I did live and work in that hostel so yeah you're right there was some real interesting characters I met some really lovely people some challenging people and I actually thought to myself I need to go and um, learn about this more so I, I did my mental health nursing as a result of working in that homeless hostel and that probably wouldn't have happened if I'd gone and worked with children at that time but to go back to your original question running up that hill I, what I did I felt like there was a massive challenge ahead of me um, it was very very frightening when I first went and I suppose the the one day I, I was been there about a week and I was walking around Cambridge and I just thought I want to go home I can't do this people are right I'm, I'm not able to work with these people I can't do it and I went for a walk and I was walking and taking in the scenes and I actually got lost <laughs> and oh were, you know, I, I don't know if I was metaphorically running up a hill or what but I got lost and couldn't find my way back and it meant I went for quite a long walk and during that walk and I got and I got my myself back to the hostel which anyone who knows me knows that's quite I've got no sense of direction so getting lost was also quite a challenge <laughs> and um, I got back and I thought I can do this you know just found my way back and I've had a lovely walk and Cambridge is lovely and I can do some good here so that's why I chose Kate Bush running up that hill yeah and i'm picturing the music video as you're saying that and i can i can i can see like why you've chosen that song that's that's such a powerful song okay so then so you became um a mental health nurse then so why did you decide to become a mental health nurse and how did it help you and others um well i mean obviously having worked in the hostel working with a lot of people and we're going back to the early 90s here where mental health wasn't discussed very much and you know i think if you talk about mental health now everybody knows what you're on about then um you didn't talk about it you didn't know about it and we had a lot of people with obviously quite serious mental health issues i was giving out medication as a volunteer to homeless people with, who were psychotic i was giving out medication to people who were addicted to drugs and alcohol and I, 
you know, and I thought, I need to know more about what I'm doing here. I need to train as a nurse. I need to understand about mental health. And then I could come back and work with homeless people again. So I uh, basically um, applied to all sorts of places, Chester and, and even in Cambridge. I actually got the place in Chester. So I moved back home, did my training and learned an awful lot and met again, very interesting people with amazing stories. And what I did was because I'd always been interested in drama, I used my drama in my mental health nursing as well. So I worked at um, a place called Pine Lodge, which was a, a children's a mental health inpatient for children. And I actually sort of used drama to help them to relax, but also to help them to tell their stories. And, you know, it, it was kind of nice really because I was using two of my skills <clears throat> um, to be able to help people. And, you know, the, the, the other thing was that with mental health nursing is you, you spend a lot of time talking to people and, I feel like I didn't realize that, but I do realize that now that talking to people, listening to people is something that I'm, I'm quite good at and noticing things and taking things on board. And obviously they're all things you need to do if you're a mental health nurse. Yeah, really good. I mean, I can see, I can see parts of you and me actually, you know, that listening, that sort of um, empathy It's really good because not a lot of people have that skill and it's kind of, if you are approachable, you kind of make people feel at ease. And I suppose that's what you need to do in, in that, in that kind of job. So um, your song to go with that part of your story, then this is amazing. Um, I, do you know, <laughs> your, your songs are so good. Um, you've, <laughs> you've chosen Nirvana, Come As You Are. Wow. Why did you choose Nirvana for? Well, again, you know, we're going back to the the 90s. Um, I was listening to Nirvana at that time. And, and, and I think around, I don't, I can't remember the exact year. You could probably look at 94, 95, something like that. Um, Kurt Cobain killed himself. And I can remember thinking, oh, he just didn't find the right person to talk to. He didn't find, you know, someone that he could really offload. He shot himself and it was tragic. You know, what an amazing talent he was and clearly a very unhappy person, but hadn't managed to get the help he needed. And I thought that was really tragic, especially because he would have had that around, you know, he would have had access to that and everything. Um, so, and I suppose I was in the midst of my mental health career at that point, And I thought, I wonder who talk, who he talked to, I wonder who tried to help him and just couldn't reach him. And it made me really think about a lot of stuff. And I think as well, come as you are, it's, you know, I think it's really important and really important to be who you are and to accept people for who they are. And that, you know, and I think once people can accept themselves and accept others, they can be a lot happier within their mental health as well. And, and so this song kind of sums up that whole period of my life, really. And I think that's such a good thing, having that right person, then right people behind you to support you. And you can then you can actually find that little thing in you to support others. And I think it's so important. And I think now mental health is in the forefront. Back in the 90s, like you said, it wasn't. That's what we need to do today is, is speak to the right people. And I think talking is really good. And I'm, I'm so proud of you for doing that. That's absolutely amazing. Okay, so moving, moving forward with your story now. Um, so you're talking about um, nursing, but you wanted to do a drama degree. So you went back to uni. So when did you go back to uni? 
So basically I was 25. I was working as a mental health nurse. I was really enjoying it. I was at, um, I think I was at Pine Lodge then at that time. I'd been a community nurse. I'd worked in drug and alcohol. I'd worked in rehabilitation, um, not rehabilitation for drugs and alcohol, but rehabilitation for people who, because in the 90s, I don't know if you remember that it was called Care in the Community and they mm. were closing all the big mental hospitals and putting people out into smaller kind of community places. So there needed to be a lot of rehab because people had been in these big institutions for 25 years, 30 years, and then they were out in the community and it was very, very frightening time for a lot of people. So I did a lot of work around that way. We would literally take people out shopping, show them like what a supermarket was, show them, go take them bowling, you know, things like that. And then as I say, I moved into working with young people and, and using the drama. <clears throat> and I thought, hang on a minute. <laughs> actually all along I've wanted to act I've wanted a career in drama and theatre um, I'm enjoying the nursing but I'm not get there was something within me where I just hadn't fulfilled everything I wanted to do and I was lucky enough that I'd met AJ at that time who's who's now my husband he was very supportive and said go back go to university well go but I'd never been to university at that point he said go to university and I was like, well, I'm 25, you know, and he was like, just go, just go. So I applied to Chester. I went to university, did drama with psychology degree and met some just absolutely amazing people that are lifelong friends now. Um, you know, like minded. Obviously, it's difficult going to university at 25 because and I lived in crew with with AJ and I didn't need all the social stuff that, that the year, you know, the first year uni people were doing at 18. So I was a little bit removed from it, but equally I met people who had a similar outlook to me. So it was fantastic. We had a great time. It was really good. So really you've developed later in age, haven't you? So you, you've learned all your life lessons and kind of later, but that's quite interesting because I suppose it's made you grow a little bit more by you know going back to university at that later age yeah and I, I think it's really yeah, good I think so I think if I'd gone to university at 18 when when which is when I went to Cambridge I don't think I would have succeeded I don't think I would have stuck with it I think I'd have found it too difficult I didn't believe in myself I didn't believe I was clever enough to do a degree to be honest I mean that was one of the things that AJ had to push me and go you can do it and I was like nah I'm, I can't write a degree level um and I think at 18 I, I wouldn't have had anyone behind me saying yes you can and I just don't think I'd have had the motivation whereas the work that I did with homeless people and then nursing by the time I was doing my degree I was quite confident really it, within my abilities so in psychology for example we were doing about mental health and the tutor would say something and I'd be like actually that's not quite right <laughs> because I'm doing this <laughs> on a daily basis and I, you know I carried on nursing to fund my degree so I was working as a mental health nurse and doing my drama degree at the same time so I was kind of on one hand helping people and then going to uni and and learning and having a really nice time with my friends but yeah I had that kind of double life during that time that's really good because that sounds so interesting so you've kind of got the business career there which would be your nursing and you've got your creative side which is your drama so you're using all of your creative and business knowledge so you've kind of kind of got the two two sides and I think you need the two sides don't you to make you happy and I think that's really yeah interesting. now yeah. um your song for this part of your story is sing it back my Maloko," and I remember this being in the charts why did you choose this song for 
Well, Maloko at that time, I mean, we met some amazing people, particularly um, some friends from France who we're still friends with now. So as I say, this is going back to the, now to the late 90s. Um, and they, would, they did an exchange year in, in Chester and we're still friends with them now. We still see them, obviously not this year <laughs> for obvious reasons, but we normally, most years we go to France or they come here. Um, another couple of friends, one that now lives in Wrexham and one that thankfully lives locally. And we, we, we used to go out and dance to Maloko. Maloko really sums up that period of time for me. And, um, and I think I put on the thing, either the time is now or sing it back. The time is now, obviously, I was totally in that moment. I was totally enjoying it. Um, and, and this, yeah, Maloko's fantastic band. Went to see them live as well during this, this sort of period. And it just reminds me of, of the fun times we had. And I think, do you know what, as well, I think dancing is an amazing thing for your mental health. Mm. Even, you know, and everybody can dance, everyone can move a bit to a, to a song. And Sing It Back is a great song to dance to. So anybody who is listening and listens to the song, just get up and have a dance while you're listening to this, because you'll feel great after. Well, yeah, so I, I share the Spotify playlist on Facebook and the um, Instagram and on the Captivating Things. So people can actually... Um, they can listen to the songs and listen to the podcast right after because then you, so when you're listening to the po podcast you can have like imagine the songs that have been played while we're talking <laughs> about it but dancing is a great because it obviously gets oxygen to your lungs and that's what makes you happy you get all your oxygen around the body and you're moving your body and that's and that's kind of a really really good um you know it is really good for your mental health i know i've danced in my living room since i was about five so um yeah i can, I can relate to that definitely um so tell me more now so you set up um, a theatre company called the tick theatre company um and you sort of did theatre in education as well so what is your rationale around this and um tell me a little bit more about this because um i did a theatre studies um degree drama degree so i have an interest in this as well tell, tell me what you did when you were when you were doing this company yeah so um i'll mention the other two because i set this up in conjunction with two other fantastic people one called anchor who's my friend i mentioned lives in wrexham and and flick who lives locally and we we all had a similar mindset we really believed in promoting mental health and physical health um but we took we took a lot of the mental health side on and, and obviously, because I was working as a mental health nurse, we could get contacts and we could um, sort of use that as a way in to, you know, we could say, well, we've got a mental health nurse working with us and we want to promote mental health. Um, Anko was was um, a talented dancer and had taught dance and, and Flick was a PE. So we had got this physical side as well. So we could go into schools and say, look, we've got the skills here to promote physical and mental health through drama and dance. Um, they set up a lot of stuff in, in older people's homes, doing armchair exercise and things like that. So we did a lot of stuff where it wasn't just with children. We'd go into community centers, older people's homes, um, schools, prisons, all sorts of places. And we were using drama and dance as the medium really to help people to understand better how to keep well so it was all about the promotion rather than um yes yeah, so the sort of prevention if you like now the thing about that was that again we're talking about 2001 we set up that company mental health wasn't on the agenda so when we were looking for funding and things like that people were like what are you talking about <laughs> and i think i think if we did it now 
we'd get loads of funding to promote mental health. Yeah, you would probably have completely different now. Um, so I'd like to sort of say we were a little bit ahead of our time and, and, you know, we, we loved it. We absolutely loved it. We had very similar mindsets about what we how we wanted to work with people. Um, it was very much about the process, not the end result. So we did a lot of youth theatre and things like that, but it was about young people taking part, having a go, feeling more confident, building up their social skills, you know, helping people's self-esteem. And that was what the ethos was around our theatre company. And, and that really worked and we definitely saw progress. It, it, unfortunately, it's very difficult to quantify. So, you know, we couldn't have quantitative data saying we've definitely seen something change. Oh, that was my dog sneezing then. Um, we've definitely seen a change, but we, we could see it. And, you know, people talked to us about that. And so that we, we had our evidence um, and we just had a great time. We, we did that for, well, I very we all of us left at different points and came back because we had children and things but for 10 years I was involved as a, as a director at Tick Theatre Company um, and we always did something big on World Mental Health Day as well we, we um, worked in conjunction with South Cheshire College and we, we used um, their facilities drama dance and music and we invited people in to engage in workshops and talk about mental health. And at the time um, I was working at a place in Winsford, which was one of the rehabilitation places I talked about. And some of the patients would um, create some drama and actually performed some drama. So these were people with real chronic mental health conditions such as schizophrenia and personality disorders and things like that. And they would um, get up and perform. And that was magical because, you know, it, what a confidence boost they absolutely you know loved it and it really really helped them that's amazing and um so a kind of like like using all of their mediums so you, your music your theater and your dance you kind of um now i always say this and i don't know if you agree with me i think people need the both people need the business that the sort of the and the creative against each other because i think it does help with mental health and it gives you happiness so you can you can do them intellectual subjects like maths and things but I think having that drama you are getting out of yourself you are expanding your knowledge and you you kind of you find yourself don't you express yourself and I think that's um that's what really really helps people and it definitely brought you more confidence didn't you and I think because you've met so many people you've got so many stories to tell and I think that's that's what's made you in my opinion anyway um but the song around that that you've chosen was Dandy Warhill's So Bohemian did you choose Bohemian because you kind of um did the theatre company it was a little bit like a contemporary um theatre performance is that why you chose that song well, it's yeah, kind of. Bohemian is kind of, I guess, how I see my saw saw see myself. I, you know, I I basically love this song. It's another one that if it comes on anywhere, I'll just dance, and um, it makes me really happy. It just makes me really really joyful, you know. And also around this time, um, we, we did we started Tick Theatre Company in two thousand and one. I also got married in two thousand and one. And AJ and I always enjoy dancing to this song. So it's just a joyful song, I think. And, um, and, and yeah, and we were having, it was quite a bohemian lifestyle. You didn't know really, <laughs> it was in some ways quite stressful. You didn't know what work you'd got from one term to the next, but you know, we were self-employed. We were having to just do, do as much as we could when we could. And so, yeah, it kind of summed up that time. But I also think it's a really, really upbeat, positive, fun song. 
and uh, and another one to get you dancing hopefully well you know we we do have similarities um because we met at the redshift radio and and i've always yeah. looked i've always looked up to you do you know and um oh. i honestly you, you are a true inspiration to me and in fact you've given me confidence as well just by sort of talking to me and listening to me through the years um because i've never been shy but i do have like self-esteem issues because i think um for me people have always sort of like shouted at me and you feel like you're not good enough mm. by doing redshift and speaking and having the right people behind you including yourself i think i think that's what makes people and so i appreciate you um talking to me today so um we've talked around the education then so you decided to become um a drama teacher um so tell me about that yeah so uh, uh, part Part of the time with Tick Theatre, I started to work with Adelaide School, which is a, a schooling crew for children and young people with social, emotional, mental health difficulties. And I was doing, I used to go in there sort of once a term and do some anger management stuff or anxiety management or drama or dance or whatever. And, um, and I loved it there. And um, and the head, the the executive head now would, won't mind me saying, but I used to work there and say to her, look, I've got a drama degree, you know, could you can you take me on as a teacher? And she'd say, no, because you're not a teacher. You know, you, you, I can only take you on as a TA because you haven't got that qualification, which, you know, looking back is, is fair enough. <laughs> um, so I thought, right, um, I'm doing this work. I've got my degree. I've been a nurse and I still can't get a job paid as a teacher. So I need to go and, um, and do my training and I need to work towards, you know, becoming a teacher. So thankfully I'd got contacts in different schools and one of them was Sir William Stanier so I went over to there and I said will you take me on and do what's called a GTP which is where you train on the job so you you know you've basically given your classes straight away which is actually terrifying <laughs> when you start um, but you train on the job so you still go to uni and college you know a day I think it was like we did one day a term or something and you've got all your assignments to do but you, in essence you're working as a teacher and, uh, and that was a really fun, I was there for five years and it was tough. It was a tough school to work in. It was, um, you know, at the time when they were having a lot of Ofsted visits, it was a very stressful period, but what an amazing place to learn the craft, if you like, and learn how to be a teacher and work with challenging young people and non-challenging young people. So you'd, you'd have a class where you'd have, you know, A-star students really looking up to you, wanting to get on. And then you'd have kids with real um, difficulties. And, you know, you had to kind of try and differentiate and work with both and do the best job that you could do. And it was great. And I met again, you know, met some amazing, not just students, amazing students, but also amazing staff who, you know, I'm still friends with now. And what that actually did was it, I then worked there for five years and then went back to Adelaide and said, I'm a teacher now. <laughs> Can I come <Wow>. back? <laughs> and, um, and thankfully they said yes. And you know, and that's where I am now and, and I've carried on working there and I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and I think what I've, what is amazing for me is I'm now working with young people with social, emotional, mental health difficulties. Um, I'm using some of those skills that I learned at Sir William Stanier and the skills that I learned in my mental health nursing and through my drama. And I feel like finally um, everything's come round full circle and I'm doing everything 
I'm, I'm in the right job for everything that I've done. I think that's what I'm saying for myself. And I feel like I'm, I can help people. And, and now I've got a team of staff that I support. I feel like I'm able to support them. So I'm helping other people hopefully develop and, and, and enjoy their jobs um, as well as helping young people. So yeah, I feel like I've come full circle and I'm, I'm really happy where I am at the moment. Oh, I'm so glad that you're happy. That's, that's absolutely amazing. That's really nice to hear. It is my wish. And I know this sounds really strange that everybody around me is happy because I hate seeing people sad. I mean, sometimes, you know, you work with people um, and sort of outside of work. If I see, um, you know, people who act differently out of character, um, you know, I'd, I want to ring, ring them and say, are you OK? Or text them, are you yeah. OK? Because I don't want people to be sad, really, because I like no. seeing people happy. I know it's weird, but... Uh, and that's why I'm making the podcast to help people because I just think yeah, I don't I don't think that's weird I think you're a very caring person and I think um you know you you you're open to that aren't you and and I do think that it's important and and people can't be happy all of the time obviously no, but no. yeah I think if you can be there for someone if they want if they want to talk to you then that's that's good isn't it um but yeah it's it's a it's a great place to work and I think I think it's really important to do a job that you love I, and I, all the different things I've done whenever I've had that feeling of getting up I call it you know the Sunday night feeling if you ever have that feeling on a Sunday or the night before you go back to work whenever that is and you dread it you, you've got to change you've got to make a change because I've had that and it's just miserable and, and it affects all the other parts of your life. And I think you don't, you're at work such a lot of your time, you're giving a lot of yourself. And if you are in a job where you've got to help people, you can't do that if you're dreading going to work. And I just think that, you know, and I know now is a difficult time, so I'm not, I don't, don't want to sound like I'm preaching because sometimes people are just happy to have a job at the moment. But I think if you're genuinely unhappy in your work, you have to try and make a change, mm. either in that place or completely go because it's amazing how different you feel when you're in the right job absolutely absolutely i agree absolutely um so tell me you took you you've chosen a song um called arctic monkeys i bet you look good on the dance floor what a fantastic song why did you choose that for <laughs> um well it kind of like brings us up to date i suppose I, I love the arctic monkeys i um i mean this is this song's actually from one of their really old albums but um, yeah, I, I suppose bringing us a bit more into the into the present slightly. I, it was a toss up actually between this and a Billie Eilish song because I really love Billie Eilish and she's very current. Um, and I was supposed to go and see her this year in concert in July, and obviously that didn't happen. Um, so, but yeah, again, I suppose I've just realised the last three songs that I've chosen are all about dancing and moving around and jumping about. And I, this is another one where I just, if it comes on the radio or if I'm having a party, I will put this song on because it just makes me jump around. And I, I, in that moment, I think I do look good on the dance floor, even though I'll probably look like completely idiot but I'm loving it and I'm enjoying it and I'm in the moment and I think that's what I'm saying about being in the right job because if you're in the moment and you're enjoying what you're doing you do look good because you're happy and you know it doesn't matter actually <laughs> what you look like 
um, but you're, you're having a good time. And so that's what this song sort of is to me. And the other thing is it's Halloween nearly tomorrow and we would always have a Halloween party and I would always play this song. And, you know, obviously we can't do that this year. So um, I'll be playing it anyway. I'll probably be tomorrow night. I'll probably be danced as a witch dancing in my living room. So there's an image for you jumping around to the dandy warhols the arctic monkeys and maloko <laughs> oh that sounds fantastic because i mean i love dancing like i said i've been dancing around my living room for years and i've had the conversation with my mum that I had to keep hoovering the because it was all dusty and, and that conversation <laughs> has been going since i was about five but i love dancing and i really miss it and sort of karaoke as well and i can see because uh, i obviously know your personality because um, we volunteered at redshift together and I think that's what you need. And I think because of this COVID, people have suffered with mental health because they've not been able to socialise, to talk to people. They've had all these rules and regulations. And I think that's what we all need to do is go on a really nice night out and have a dance. I mean, yeah, I don't, you're probably the same. I don't need a drink to go on that dance floor or karaoke. I'm quite happy. Oh, no. Going on, <laughs> you know the film 13 going on 30? Do you remember that film? I, no, I don't know that film. So no. um, it's all about the 80s and um, Jennifer Garner um, plays um, a character called Jenna Rink and um, she's in the 2000 era and the song Thriller comes on by Michael Jackson and she was at this business party and she actually got up on the dance floor and made the whole um, team dance and it kind of brought sales and the company back up to where it needed to be just by dancing and it was just such a powerful moment so you, i think you need to go and watch that film really really good yeah 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 and i think really that's, that's, that's what we need but so what are you working on now now what you what are you actually doing now because i know you're on half term but how are you yes. helping people and your others um currently with this covid well yeah i mean we were obviously because we're a special school we were open all through lockdown um and, and i worked throughout it i think there was a lot you know during this year there's been a lot of needing to support staff as well as pupils because everyone was very, very worried um, and still are, you know, we're still in the, on the front line really. Um, so yeah, we, so obviously we were open. We were, we were doing a lot of um, food deliveries for, for children that weren't coming in that needed a little bit of extra help. We were, I mean, at one point during the midst of, of lockdown, I'd got staff who were doing Zoom lessons and they'd got children in the classroom and then they were nipping out to see a child that um, wasn't coming in at all and dropping work off. You know, we were, we were talk about multitasking. And then at the, at every Friday, school had got um, a load of food and we were taking around food deliveries, um, which we've done again at half term uh, without getting political. You know, there are children out there that need feeding so we've been doing a bit of that and um and yeah we, we will continue to do that that's the kind of place thankfully that we work i work at that really care about the students and the families that that come under our care um and and obviously looking after trying to look after the staff because you know the staff are there working with children day in day out and at any time you know we've at any time could get poorly themselves so we're having to try and look after each other as well so um it's it's quite it's a challenging time because you know during the term we've had staff going off isolating children going off isolating then coming back and you know it's 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 not going to be um normal whatever that is until who knows next year year after who knows so we've, we're having to find different and new ways of supporting our school community and it's thinking and out of the box, isn't it? It's it's actually thinking out of the box and, and looking at yeah. the picture. 
do you know you're so like me it's so <laughs> weird um because i there's um a song called um i do doodling actually um you know like writing boxes and things and yeah it's about getting out of the box and doing things differently and there's um a song by um living in a cardboard box um oh yeah yeah look, yeah and, and i and i always think that i'm living in a cardboard box and i need to do something creative <laughs> to make can you hear i can that? hear the dog how how fantastic yeah, well, is that i was just gonna t- t- tell you a little bit about that as well because one of the new things we are doing at adelaide is well, i've had a as you know because you know me we've we've had a puppy called barnaby who's currently chewing my uh, jumper and um and he's a cockapoo puppy he's nearly one he's going to be one this in in november but he's um been coming into school and this is quite a new thing that we've introduced well it's very new uh, that we've introduced and myself and my colleague steph have, have done an animal assisted play therapy course and we are working alongside barnaby who comes into school and does some interventions with the young people and we're finding that um that that's really helping them and it's helping us because it's really nice to have him come in and uh yeah so he's just he's just learning a few of the tricks of the trade and how to be cute although he hasn't had to go on any training for that because he's he does that quite naturally <laughs> so, i think do you know what though? i think yeah. do- dog walking is really good and it, and it helps definitely i think i think people need to walk dogs more often i think it's really really good yeah that's just yeah me. and and yeah. that is you know some of our young people that don't come out of the house or find it difficult to engage um Steph will take Barnaby round and they will go for a, for a little walk with him or at least they'll come out and say hello do you know what's really funny I just said the w word there and he's staring at me now I won't uh, say that again, but... no no don't, don't talk about <laughs> he looks at me like uh, is that for me no not yet <laughs> oh, that's really oh, nice. so but yeah what... that's that's good that's go on working. so what's your future plans then sort of helping people and yourself I mean it's really hard at the moment so I know that was normal schooling that they've they've, they've all been doing things differently and with the GCSEs and A levels a lot of people were gutted that they couldn't actually sit the exams but what what's sort of future of education now with, with COVID and helping people because I do worry about the people of today with it's a shock really and I would say it's like a World War Two situation where we're working as a community but it's such a shock that we're living through this COVID and we're doing things differently and I think it has affected education and people's futures mm. I mean and even myself, I, I don't know where I'm going with my future. And it, and it scares me to death because I want to have a career in two different careers and, and I'm, I'm petrified. And how do you see your sort of students coping with all of that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I do think that our sort of 16 to 25 cohort, you know, of, of young people are going to be quite badly affected over the next few years. I think you know they the the job you know when I said about you know being in a job you love and and there's people at the moment just going I just need a job and I think that's the same for you know our our young people that are coming out of education are going to be finding it very difficult there's going to be a generation where they're perhaps not going to find the job that they really want to do um the jobs might not be out there and also they've lived through one of the most bizarre times you know we've, we've it's unheard of that a whole group of students don't sit their exams that they you know have to stay at home and it's been bizarre hasn't it and still is so I do think this we're going to see some uh, repercussions of that for our young people and I suppose all we can do is try and um, understand that from their perspective and be there for them and uh, and try and create opportunities where where we can and hope that things improve you know 
quite as, as soon as possible and and we're but we're all in the same boat that's the other thing a bit like you said about the war you know everyone was in the same boat so i think it's um just being in in that together in that community feel together isn't it it is and it's trying to find the rules and regulations so i mean for me i love going out and having i mean i don't drink coffee anymore i drink decaf but i loved going out for having a coffee a cake a chat you know being that sort of person who people could talk to and because we can't go any um we can't even sort of be in the same bubble it's very very difficult and i think mm. people's mental health is struggling with that i mean i'm fine because i'm making podcasts and singing and everything but there's people out there who i hope they will come and talk to me um and and i hope there's somebody out there who i can talk to if i do actually need somebody and i think you're doing great work because you're there for them people you're there for them kids and and adults and things i mean you must be so proud of yourself that you are in that line of work yes but I, yeah i mean i think so i think we we do feel like we're there for those young people and we are doing the best we can and um and we'll continue to do that and you know whether we've got covid or not but yeah i think at the moment and as i say it's also being there and understanding when the staff are struggling you know because i think adults are struggling as well i think it's probably going to affect the young people more because they're living through it in their teenage years um but yeah i think it's being there for for each other isn't it and and also not assuming that everybody feels the same way some people might be fine for a bit and not struggling and then all of a sudden go oh god i can't cope with this anymore so it's just about being open isn't it and and ready for when somebody does need to to offload or whatever i think that's absolutely fantastic it really really is so what are your inspirations and so you're helping all these people in education and mental health but who who's actually helping you and who inspires yourself <laughs> my husband's in the room and he's just pointed to himself <laughs> no yeah actually yeah I mean AJ who've been married to since 2001 as I mentioned before um it is it you know he is my rock really and we do we we are a team even though we squabble a lot and uh, <laughs> and I put him in his place quite a lot um but uh, but yeah I mean we we're we're team we've got two kids we've got the dog and we we work towards the same goals so if I'm struggling at work or whatever I'm lucky enough to be able to come home and say oh this has happened today or that's happened today or you know and uh, and and he's always got my back I suppose and I think I think it's important isn't it to have to know who you can talk to and who you can trust mm. and, and I've got some really fantastic friends who I know that I can that I can talk to and I think you don't have to have loads you, it, you just know that there's perhaps one or two that um, absolutely won't judge you and will definitely be there for you and I think as long as you've got that um, yeah you, you, you're pretty much all right really and I think it is it's finding that right person to talk to who you can trust and I think in today's society is really really hard to find that that person who you can trust but I mean I mean to me you, you've got it sorted which is fantastic so what is um future then future career aspirations and sort of um I don't um and sort of what do you want to do to help people and yourself is there anything that you haven't done yet um so I I mean future career I'm 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 not really thinking too far ahead. I, I'm just quite happy in the moment where I am now. And I think sometimes you can plan to, you know, what's your five-year plan, what's your 10-year plan and all of that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to focus on doing the best job I can right now. Obviously, this um, 
in September I, I got this assistant head post so it's quite new so I don't think I'm kind of thinking right what's my next step you know what am I going to do next what's my next career um and I, and I think like I say I've got this I'm learning how to manage a team now and how to be there for people and and that's all different skills you know skill bases as well so for me at the moment I think I'm just going to concentrate on the here and now um and and continue that I suppose um if I go back right to the beginning, the reason this all started was doing that placement, that that job in the homeless hostel. And I always said I'd go back and do that. And maybe at some point I will do some more work with um, perhaps a homeless charity or something like that, you know, or maybe do a soup kitchen or whatever, you know. But that's something that um, was the reason <laughs> that wow. my path went along this way from that very early, you know, surprising start. Um, so maybe that's something I would do um, perhaps when my kids have grown up and I've got time to, to give, you know, voluntarily again, I could go and do some work with homeless people. That would be, that would bring it properly full circle then, wouldn't it? That's, that's absolutely amazing. And I kind of, do you know what I think, you, what type of person you are? You're a little bit like Bob Geldof in the live age <laughs> sense where you want to go out and help people and it's not about making money it's more about helping people with the charities and things and you've and obviously your career is so vast it's it's so fascinating to hear actually um but it sounds like you're going with the flow and I think it's probably a really good idea to do that um I'm a do you know what I'm a planner I've planned everything out and it hasn't gone the <laughs> right way so for me sort of going with the flow is extremely hard because um I mean, you know, with Redshift, I did um, six years of doing an 80s and 90s radio show and I really missed yeah. it. I would love to get that back. I really would. Having having that sort of playing the music to help people and put that smile on their faces. And I, and you remember, we used to dance around the studio and if, if we could get that back, I'd be so happy alongside, um, you know, talking to inspirational people. So if the universe is listening to me, that's what I'd like to do or have a freelance CBC uh, show um, or CBs um, alongside my current job. Um, so there you go. That's me manifesting. But yeah, I think you, you just need to go with the flow, don't you? And um, it's, it's, it's one of them, isn't it really? Yeah, especially at the moment, because we're in a, you know, obviously in a pandemic, we don't know what's happening next. And I think if you start thinking too much about what's next, you know, will we be back to normal in March? Will we be back to normal in July? I think you just start getting yourself a bit stressed. So I think being now and fo focusing on what's happening right now and getting through the next week and what have you is enough. And, you know, I think that's what people perhaps would be more helpful for people to focus on uh, right now, I think really really good now this is a really random question i'm going to ask you do you um either go to the gym or do you eat healthy do you promote your own well-being because you're, you're sort of there helping everybody else but what do you do to sort of promote your own um health and well-being so obviously you were barnaby i love yes, that name yes. midsummer murder's <laughs> dog it must it must be from that i don't know that's just me guessing well there was um there was a famous 70s show i think called barnaby jones which i didn't know about but there ah. you go <laughs> Oh, that makes so much sense. But um, anyways, but no, for me, well, I mean, I like riding my bike and um, and we try and do a sort of weekly bike ride. Um, I, and that's, I've kind of progressed with that. It was quite nice that um, pre-COVID, pre there was a, the British Cycling have this women only thing called Breeze. And um, that's what got me back into cycling <clears throat> so that you do like short ride um, and it was always about uh, the 
we keep this and if so it was, it was very non it was just about getting people back on bikes and and that really helped me so I started that a couple of years ago and then obviously that rides anymore um, but AJ's cycling so and we've got another couple of friends who really like cycling and and again it's not having that sort of competitive like oh we've got to go fast or we've got to go so many miles or whatever it's just like how many miles do we fancy doing today how are we all feeling let's just do that then and um and stopping for coffee which is very important and uh, and you know just keeping fit that way and I've also just started um couch to five this is a very new thing I'm in week four <laughs> and um kind of just decide well I didn't decide to do it really my friend Flick was doing it and then she said do you want to do it and I was like yeah okay <laughs> and um and actually it's been brilliant because we're meeting twice a week so we're getting to catch up which is the first thing and one of her other friends comes along as well and so the three of us run together or walk and jog together I should say and um and we're out and it forces you twice a week you know I've, I can't let them down I need to go and do it and you come back and you feel you feel good about yourself hopefully it's going to have some fitness benefits as well um but I'll keep you posted on that that sounds so good it really does um you know bike riding I, I like that idea and um you know it's mostly kids who bike ride so I think it's it's quite good if the if the adults bike ride so um I'm just going to ask you finally then so you've talked about that is there anything that you haven't done that you would actually like to do I'm still not a famous actress so that's something that I would like to still happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'd be fantastic I mean you know I don't know I, the radio stuff did used to I used to get that buzz that sort of present I'd love to be a, a presenter you know yes. be on, on tv or, or yes. you know radio or something like that and, and be a presenter I and we did have that didn't we as well we did we did and the podcast you know I'm not doing my own podcast at the moment so um maybe that would would give me that creative because I'm not doing anything creative for me at the moment so I used to run uh, you know drama youth theatres things like that um I'm not doing that at the moment I mean I couldn't anyway even if I wanted to because we can't put groups of people together but um I'm not I've not got that creative outlet that I've had in the past so I think if anything um maybe get myself into the podcast maybe get do a bit of writing maybe do a bit of more drama acting for my you know performance yeah. so they're, they're the sort of things I'm not doing that I think I would really like to do um and would give me my creative buzz again that's so good I mean and, and you definitely need it don't you like I say I really miss the live show I mean from the age of four, I always, always wanted to be a CBBC or CBBs, but I, I, I kind of learned very, very quickly that I also wanted to, to work in business and be that business manager, that personnel, that counsellor. I mean, the way I see it, you can do everything. I just think you just need to get through COVID. And I mean, I did an Amdram group back in Newcastle um, Operatic Society um, in 2012. We did a performance of Frankenstein, dressed up, did the wig and everything. And I absolutely adored it. And I think by doing them creative things, it kind of like, it makes you who you are. Um, and then when you do work in a business sort of area, it, you have that resilience because you've already, you've already met people, you've already worked with people. And I think and that's, it kind of gives you all them leadership skills to be able to cope in the business world. Well, that's how, how I see it anyway. Really, really interesting. I love hearing about your story. Have you ever thought about writing a book? <laughs> or, or and like audio podcast because you've got the um, voice and you've got the story would that be something yeah I don't know yeah maybe maybe I mean maybe that's something that uh that I could get into but yeah 
not I've not thought about it, but perhaps I will. There we go. Well, thank you very much to Kellyanne Davis uh, for talking to me today. Um, I'm, like I said, you have got an accompanying Spotify playlist um, which details your five songs, um, which is absolutely fantastic, really. I, I love music and I know you love music as well. Um, so I'm just going to tell them, the listeners where they can go and find it. So if you go to on Spotify, Gail Louise Turner, Helping Hands podcast playlist number 13 with Kellyanne Davis. And then if you go, um, I'll just read the um, address that they can find your podcast. So if you go to helping-hands.captivate.fm, Kelly's uh, podcast is under number 13, so you will be able to find it there. So thank you so much for participating today, um, Kelly, and have a, a good day. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Gail. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye now. <laughs>